The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Another week, another debate to talk about, folks. We have Colin Young here with us, who was at the second televised debate between Governor Charlie Baker and Jay Gonzalez uh, this Wednesday at WGBH in Brighton. Uh, and Colin, last week, Katie Lannon was talking about the first debate, and she said that uh, Gonzalez hadn't done anything quite like this before, a televised debate. Uh, he was uh, warming up, perhaps, and would see how he did in his second one. Uh, how did he perform? Well, Sam, I think really the the big takeaway out of this debate was that uh, Jay Gonzalez got uh, at least a moment that he could seize upon and uh, try to make hay out of. In this case, um, the incident, of course, has been widely reported now. Uh, It came when uh, moderators Jim Browdy and Marjorie Egan were asking Charlie Baker how he squares his opposition to President Donald Trump with his um, stated support for Jeff Deal, the state rep from Whitman, who's running for U.S. Senate. Uh, The governor responded by talking about what he's done um, when the president has uh, proposed policies that he disagrees with. But then Gonzalez asked Baker directly, are you going to vote for Jeff Deal? And Charlie Baker took a second and and, uh, Browdy had to prompt him to answer the question. And when it came down to it, uh, Charlie Baker wouldn't say that he was going to vote for Jeff Deal. He said that he hadn't yet made up his mind. Uh, and Gonzalez pounced on that. And he said that it showed Charlie Baker's loyalty to the Republican Party, uh, a, a blind loyalty to the Republican Party, over a loyalty to the people of Massachusetts. Uh, Charlie Baker said during the debate that he would make up his mind eventually and make sure everyone knew how he planned to vote in that Senate race. Uh, Eventually came fairly quickly. About 40 minutes later, Sam, uh, the governor met with reporters after the debate and he said that in the back and forth, he simply misspoke and that he will vote for Jeff Deal on November 6th. The governor said that he has been saying all along that he would support the Republican ticket in November uh, and that he plans to vote for the Republican ticket. And what exactly uh, is he defining the ticket as? So the ticket that Charlie Baker supports uh, is all Republican candidates running for statewide office. So that includes Jeff Deal. Uh, He's also supporting all incumbent Republican state legislators. Uh, and has endorsed Rick Green, Peter Tedeschi, and John Schneider for Congress. So that leaves two Republicans running statewide, the Republicans running against U.S. Reps Jim McGovern and Catherine Clark without uh, gubernatorial support this go-around. Matt Murphy and Katie Lannon are also here. Hi, folks. Hi, Sam. Hey, Sam. Matt, Gonzalez has been looking for something like this to uh, uh, seize on. Uh, How's this playing in terms of the uh, overall context of the campaign? He has been, certainly, and this is not new. I mean, you correctly point out uh, Jay Gonzalez has been hammering the governor on his support for the uh, quote-unquote ticket and uh, Jeff Deal, by extension, for several weeks now. I mean, really, ever since the primary, trying to tie the governor to Trump, 
Uh, the problem for Jay has been that it hasn't seemed to resonate. Polling has showed that uh, voters don't uh, seem to uh, care all that much. I mean, for one, they don't really even know who Jeff Deal is. Uh, secondly, they uh, see the governor as someone who is actually quite down the middle or even more aligned with Democrats than Republicans. Uh, voters don't seem to be buying the idea that uh, Governor Baker is more aligned with the hard right of his party. So uh, the challenge for Jay is to get this to stick. And I think he was a bit surprised at this moment that kind of fell in his lap when the governor uh, didn't just say, yes, uh, I am supporting uh, uh, Jeff Deal along with the rest of the ticket. And so I will be voting for him. The, the governor's kind of uh, waffling there opened up the uh, line of attack that we saw the next day uh, with Jay Gonzalez bringing supporters together and and trying to paint the governor as someone who uh, lacks conviction and, and sort of just sticks his finger in the wind uh, to see which way uh, it's blowing. And that's carried through to uh, Friday. Katie, uh, you were down in the governor's office uh, this morning, Friday morning, uh, when, and Matt used the word waffling. Uh, that is the word that they've been trying to uh, make uh, stick to this. And uh, they brought in a, a gift, didn't they, for uh, the governor? They did. And this might be a little bit of a podcast milestone for us because it, I think, might mark the first time we get to organically talk about takeout on the state house takeout. Oh, fantastic. Um, a couple interns from the Massachusetts Democratic Party today brought over a few orders of waffles to the governor's office uh, from the Paramount Cafe over on Charles Street. Um, they had those all packaged up in a bag with some little containers of syrup, a, a symbolic gesture of what they describe as the governor's waffling over Jeff Deal. Um, delivered them to his receptionist who, who took them into the office Um in a very polite and restrained kind of way, not really reacting to the politics of it. That was the the Democratic Party, not the Gonzalez campaign, but they are, you know, kind of all working towards the same goal here. And I'm sure they're hoping this this political stunt, such as it, that it is, at least does something to boost the candidate's name recognition, keep the issue out there as we head into the weekend. And we'll see if it pays off for them. Yeah, and Katie's right. You know, Jay followed up the debate with the press conference on Friday. They have this this waffle stunt in the governor's office trying to keep it in the news. But the big question, I think, going forward is we know that uh, the Gonzalez campaign is uh, trying to marshal its resources. They just got a whole bunch of public financing. They finally have a little bit of money. They're preparing to go up on TV with an ad campaign. Now they're just deciding, uh, from my understanding, uh, what to do, how many how many spots they're going to do, how much money they're going to spend on it, and what to focus on. Uh, and uh, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see whether or not this whole deal moment uh, that sort of landed in their lap, as I said before, becomes the focal point of an ad campaign in the final couple of weeks. So sticking with uh, campaign-related news, uh, Katie, uh, something you were following this week for the news service, there's been a push uh, this election cycle to involve uh, more young people, and that's extending to millennial candidates, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, Sam. You know, we've heard a lot about younger voters getting involved uh, this cycle, whether it be the the March for Our Lives, the so-called Parkland generation, and we got some interesting numbers this week on millennials who are not just voting, but also running for office. Um, specifically millennial Democrats. These are numbers that come from the progressive group Run for Something and the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee, who on Thursday released a report that said in the more than 6,000 state legislative races on the ballot this fall, there's almost 700 millennial Democrats running. 
Um, they use the age range of 18 to 34 to define millennial. I know there's a couple different ways to kind of define that age group. Um, the way they define it, they say millennials account for about 6% of all state lawmakers nationally, and that percentage could nearly double in these elections. In Massachusetts, they say we have 25 millennial candidates running. And, and for these groups, to be clear, 25 millennial Democrat candidates running. And for these groups, they say it's a matter of representation. You want millennials in office to focus on millennial issues. And now it doesn't have to be millennial lawmakers. We've certainly seen people present, people of all ages present issues like housing, student loan debt here. But we've also seen some of the current millennial lawmakers run point on efforts to protect student loan borrowers and handle college affordability, things like that. But here in Massachusetts, we are a long way from having a, a millennial majority on Beacon Hill. The uh, average age of lawmakers in each branch at the start of this session was 52.5, which is out solidly outside of the millennial generation, however you define it. Um, but that is right. slightly younger than the previous session where the average age was about 53. So right. maybe it is moving that way over time. We did have a couple of folks uh, join the House uh, this session in their 20s, right? That's right. Yeah. The, the youngest rep this session uh, started at age 23. Um, that was Solomon Goldstein Rose, who is leaving after this session. Oh, right. Now, Katie, you mentioned that uh, 25 uh, Democrat millennials are running here in Massachusetts. Uh, any Republican millennials? Yeah, I mean, there is a bipartisan assortment of millennial candidates in Massachusetts. Notably, we have two incumbent Republican senators who are millennials running for re-election. That's uh, Senators Patrick O'Connor and Ryan Fatman. Um, Pat O'Connor, interestingly, has a challenger that these uh, groups run for something and the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee singled out as one of their candidates to watch, Katie McBride. So we've got a, I guess, a millennial on millennial race there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Katie. And uh, over to two non-millennial candidates, as it were. Uh, we've already talked about uh, Representative Jeff Deal's uh, Senate campaign uh, against uh, incumbent Elizabeth Warren. Matt Murphy, you're going over to WBZ tonight for uh, another debate, Deal's debate against Warren uh, in Brighton. Uh, what are you expecting to uh, see over there? Yeah, Sam, the timing of this debate, really fascinating. I mean, you're right, uh, two non-millennials, Jeff Deal, of course, a little closer. And it'll be interesting since everyone's uh, expecting now Elizabeth Warren to run for president. Uh, she's certainly not in the millennial generation, actually quite a bit older. And while we've seen the Democratic Party nationwide kind of push towards these younger candidates, a lot of the early 2020 frontrunners, it seems, from Warren to Joe Biden uh, are of the older set. But she does have a, an ability to energize the younger voters. And uh, we'll be looking tonight to see uh, exactly whether or not she confronts Jeff Deal head on, or if this is more of a, a, a national a stage that she's or message that she's trying to send in this debate. I think I'm also curious to see whether or not uh, the governor's race comes up in this or how this could affect the governor's race. I, I think we talked a little bit earlier about how nobody really knows who Jeff Deal is. Uh, it'll be interesting how he comes across uh, to voters tonight, whether he comes across as a real hardcore Trump supporter or someone a, a little more in the in the Charlie Baker mold. He certainly supports Charlie Baker. Uh, he, uh, I, I would guess he would say that he will vote for Charlie Baker uh, in the November election if he's asked. But if they see a real hardcore Trump supporter in Jeff Deal, uh, does that change the way they look at Charlie Baker and his support for the, the state representative in his uh, Senate race against Elizabeth Warren? 
I think all of these are going to be interesting to watch tonight. And I think it's interesting, too. Um, you mentioned not a lot of people know who Jeff Deal is. He, while their politics are very different, he and Jay Gonzalez are kind of in similar positions as they try to unseat these very popular incumbents with significant fundraising advantages over them. And we might see him, too, looking for that kind of breakthrough moment. Yeah. And, and of course, we, we didn't mention this, but this debate also comes the same week that Elizabeth Warren released these DNA tests as she tried to put uh, the whole Indian or Native American ancestry issue to bed. And she showed that, you know, some generations back that there was a, most likely a Native American ancestor in there. Jeff Deal has said from the beginning of his campaign that he was not going to make uh, Native American ancestry a part of uh, his campaign. He wasn't interested in reprising that whole uh, Scott Brown line of attack from 2012. But Elizabeth Warren has kind of put it on the table. Uh, we'll be watching to see, I think, if Jeff Deal takes that bait uh, and tries to use it. And uh, does that mean uh, that he could entice uh, perhaps uh, the president? Uh, does Trump get involved if, if this debate turns into a debate on her ancestry? Uh, we've already seen him uh, taunting her on Twitter over the past several days. So it uh, should be fun. He has, but he, he hasn't mentioned uh, Deal by name, right, in any of these tweets? He has not. And as you know, you know, Deal was a prominent surrogate in Massachusetts for the Trump campaign in 2016. He said early on that if the president was willing to come here uh, to campaign for him, he would welcome it. Uh, that has not happened. Uh, while the president has been traveling around the country to other states to campaign for Republicans. Jeff Deal did get a little bit of a boost this week from the White House, though, when Vice President Mike Pence sent a... Uh, um, an email around to Deal supporters uh, indicating that he was endorsing and supporting Deal uh, in his race against Warren. All right, folks, thanks as always. And uh, 18 days to go until the big day, election day, and early voting starts this Monday, right around the corner. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.